The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. And thank you, my angel Emily, for opening up the program today with that wonderful disclaimer. I appreciate that. I'm Mac McCoy. Thanks for listening. It is The View from a Pew, and next year we will be entering our 15th year on the air with The View from a Pew, and we'll tell you more about that as time goes by. My guest host is, as always, Delmar Austin, and today we're talking about this. What does the Bible say about ghosts? Do you like ghost stories, Mac? No. No, I don't care for them either. Yeah, I actually I don't. don't like to listen to them myself. Well, I, I went to camp once, and it was that, that scene from every movie. Yeah. I'm like eight years old, and we're sitting out in the middle of nowhere, and this guy told a... Uh, a story that wasn't true and then blew it for all of us at the end, but it scared me. I can still remember that feeling that this isn't something I want to know. Well, and uh, a lot of people, you know, don't believe in ghosts. They say, well, ghosts aren't real, and uh, even some of the things that the Bible talks about with angels and demons, that's all superstition. And I'd like to say no, and there's a a clear difference that, that is here that we need to clarify for people. In the Bible, the Bible doesn't use the word ghost anymore, at least in the modern translations, but it does talk about spirit beings. But it is almost exclusively here talking about the spirit beings that are in the realm that we don't see. It's talking about angels and demons and what happens uh, behind the scenes uh, that affect our lives. And we've talked, we talked a little bit about demons and how Jesus uh, is able to heal a man who's demon-possessed. We want to talk also again about angels and their involvement. And so we're going to look at the story of Peter that's in Acts chapter 12. Peter's doing the work that Jesus asked him to do. He's telling the gospel story. He's telling about what happened with Jesus. And so he's arrested again. This is after Peter and John were arrested together. Now Peter is arrested. And the plan is to have Peter put to death because already James, the brother John, has been put to death, and a lot of the Jewish people were happy about that. So they're saying now maybe we should have Peter put to death too. Mm. And so Peter is put in prison, and notice just what it says about him in chapter 12, verse uh, 4. So when he had arrested him, this is Herod, uh, the king, who has arrested Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Four squads of soldiers. Okay, the squad is a good group of uh, soldiers that are collected there in order to make sure this thing is carried out. We don't want him to escape in any way. So we're going to put extra men around it. Verse 5 Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was being offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. 
bound with two chains between two soldiers. So he's got two chains on him, and he's bound, he's connected to two soldiers on either side. Mm. Okay? Now, he's inside a prison, uh, prison area. He's got four squads of soldiers watching him. He's chained to two s- soldiers. And what happens? The greatest prison escape yeah. of all time takes place. It says, now behold, verse 7, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. He had to wake Peter up, come on, (laughs) saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Chains don't just fall off your hands. This happens miraculously, right? And the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. And so they do that and they go past second or they go past two different doors where there are guards that are posted. Somehow they're getting by. Somehow the, the soldiers that were chained to him are not reacting to anything that's going on. Mm. And it finally says in verse 10 that they go past an iron gate that leads to the city. And the iron gate opens by itself. This is the iron gate that's supposed to keep all the prisoners in. Peter's already gone by the two places that are guarded by these squads of soldiers. And now the iron gate just automatically opens uh, and Peter walks out. And when, it ha- when that happens, it says immediately the angel departed from him. This is a miraculous story about an angel appearing to Peter and saving his life. And Peter is able to continue on for many years uh, preaching the gospel until he does eventually die as a, uh, as a martyr uh, for serving God. But it's, it's a great story about the power of God. Are there angels and demons? Are those spirit beings actually in the world and operating today? They certainly were in Bible times, and I believe we have just as much evidence that they continue to work in this world today. You know, some people, when they barely miss a tragic accident or something like that, they say, well, your guardian angel sure is looking out after you. Well, and uh, I believe it that many times our guardian angels are watching out over us and protect us from some dangers. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we'll never experience danger, but there are times that God is intervening in our lives. I believe that. Why, why is it that, um, you know, so many people have a hard time believing in angels and demons, and yet they have, a, they have this idea about ghosts, they have this idea about witches and about those kind of powers uh, in the world. I think we need to come back to a better understanding of God's ways and, and what the Bible is trying to teach us about the controversy that's going on between good and evil in this world and the part that angels and demons play. Yeah, because Satan left with a third of the angels. Those uh, angels turned against God, and so now there's an army, a legion of demons uh, that are uh, uh, Satan's minions. Yes. I believe a lot of people are drawn uh, towards 
sort of the occult practices. Yeah. And this goes goes back to Satan worship and that sort of thing. Why are they drawn drawn that way? Because they see some kind of power that they think can positively affect their life. They want good luck. They want karma. They want, you know, why do I read a fortune cookie? I want something that will bring good luck in my life. God will bring blessings to your life. He promises that. But people want somehow more than that. They don't want just to know God. They want to have control of power. And that brings people to the point that they want to dabble in the occult and, uh, uh, sometimes our uh, our actual celebrations of things have to do with that sort of thing. Uh, the Halloween celebration that goes on uh, connected with the, the whole idea of this power that's out there somehow. And it fascinates us, if nothing else. It fascinates us that it is out there and uh, that we can maybe have some kind of connection with it. Today's guest uh, host is Delmar Austin, as usual. I'm Mac McCoy, and you're listening to The View from a Pew on your local radio station and across the world on YouTube.com. Search for The View from a Pew. I've got to bring you to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, where Apostle Paul's writing to the Ephesians church. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's not just a, a, about the struggle we have with human humanity, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's talking more. Uh, he's talking about more than just the human challenges that we face in this world. He is talking about this realm of spirit beings, and the spirit beings include demons that are working against us and trying to bring about destruction in our lives. Well, and I think that gives the power where it should be, and that is in Christ, that because those demons are not flesh and blood, because they are supernatural, we got to call on Jesus because he's the only one that's going to kick their butt. That's right. He is the one that has power. Yeah. He is the one that has the ultimate power over all those things. Why could Jesus meet the man that is possessed with a legion of demons because the power of Jesus is so much stronger? Well, he knew who he was. He knew who he was, and the demons knew who he was, too. And that's why the the name of Jesus, the power of Jesus, is always greater than anything the devil can throw at us. You know, and I found that out the hard, or I found that out myself because I was once dealing with a group of atheists and agnostics. Uh, I was supposed to be there. We were supposed to be conversing, and I kept saying the name of Jesus. And eventually I saw this young man twitching, but he only twitched when I said his name. So I said it on purpose a couple of times. Everybody else didn't know it. And he kept twitching. And he walked out of the room eventually. And I asked the teacher if they knew anything about him. And he said, well, he's part of the occult. And when you kept saying Jesus' name, that made him really unhappy and upset. Uncomfortable, right? right. (laughs) To be there, that's right. Mac, what is the earliest story, uh, pre-Earth creation story, that we have in the Bible? 
Now that that sounds like a but what is what is before creation actually takes place in Genesis, what story do we have that gives us a picture that kind of do, talks to everything we've said this week? I'll let you tell me. Okay, it is the story in Revelation chapter 12 where it talks about Lucifer or the dragon yeah. being the one that is fighting against uh, God, fighting all that he can in heaven, even before this earth was created. It talks about a war taking place in heaven. Okay. And when Lucifer is cast out of heaven, a third of the angels come down with him. They're fallen angels. That's a real story. It's not a, just a myth that uh, the Bible puts out there. It's a real story about evil in this world, and we have to recognize it, not be fearful of it as Christians, but recognize what Satan is trying to do. Well, thank you for your teachings this week, Pastor. And uh, uh, one of these days, I'd like to get into what the Bible says about the state of death. You know, what happens to us between the time uh, we die and the time we see Jesus? I think that'd be a great show. Okay, we'll do it. Thank you for being here. Thank you also to the listener. That's you. We appreciate it very much that you're taking the time. We'd love to hear from you. It's Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, at theviewfromuppew.com. And you can go to youtube.com and watch any shows we've had here in the last few years and just search for The View from a Pew. And you can do that on all podcast sites uh, and everything else. Garth, our producer, has us on like 27 sites. And if you can't find us, let me know and I'll find it for you because I appreciate you listening. Thanks to DivineTruthChristian.com, the store for everything you need in Christianity. Tell them Max said hi when you call them.